Welcome to Vintage McCoy. Rob's out of town. I'm Rick Brown, and I'm sitting in and with Eric Metaxas, and we're having so much fun, we just can't stop. Stick around. Kairos, this is your moment. Liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. We must participate in the public square. This is a moment in time that will define history as we know it, the furtherance of America as we know it. That's a powerful gift, freedom. And we're not going to bow to tyranny. This isn't me standing, it's us. This is the moment for the body of Christ. We pray that there would be an awakening and a revival in the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm here with Eric Metaxas, and he's spending the entire weekend with us here at Godspeak Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks, California. So we're uh, we're wringing him out like a rag for uh, all that okay. he's worth. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about engaging the culture, Eric, and that's how we ended our last segment. And I'd like to just go through, because you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in America, and we've been just constantly revisiting this idea of bad ideas that are destroying America. And these bad ideas, let's just go down the list, and yeah. I want to hear Eric Metaxas weigh in, first of all, social justice and critical race theory, yeah. or as I say, critical race terrorists, in what is going on. And so yeah. unpack some of this postmodernism that... Well, uh, I'm not going to pretend that I know enough to unpack it very effectively. All I will say is this. Um, people often, this is kind of interesting, you notice this over and over, People make things sound like new and complicated, and you think, what am I missing? Like one plus one equals two, wh what's the new math? Like what, mm -hmm. what, what, is, what is this new discovery? What is the new discovery? That we now have to accept the idea? I mean, a lot of times people, they frame things with these fancy terms like critical race theory. It's just dumb, it's not true, <laughs> and why do I have to pretend that, oh, let's speak the language of the, the basics are the same. When you talk about something like white supremacy or you talk about something like systemic racism, you have bought into what I would call cultural Marxism. It's divisive. It is fundamentally un-American. More importantly, it's unbiblical. It's antithetical to what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't even recognize race. This, this idea that we're, we're obsessed with race, I mean, Think about the idea that, you know, how it, it was racist when people would say in the past, like, oh, you're a mulatto, you're half black, uh, you're, you're a quadroon, you're a quarter black, you're an octoroon, you're an eighth black. Like, we had this kind of racial stuff. They're doing the same thing now, and they're, they're basically getting into this whole thing about how if you don't buy into these ideas... Uh, you know, you, you couldn't possibly care about black people. Every, everything is about race, and I think, weren't we supposed to be getting past that? Isn't the, isn't the Bible our light shining away through this mess of our past so that we can look at all people as equal in the eyes of God? That is what the Scripture says. So to go backwards now and to say that, well, if you are white, you have an inherent inability to appreciate 
uh, what it means to be black or whatever. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not truth in this stuff, but when you make a doctrine out of it, it's kind of like if you say to somebody in a wheelchair, like, you know what, you're, ju you're just, uh, you're not just handicapped, like, you're really handicapped. You're never going to get anywhere. You're in a wheelchair, uh, it's tough to get around, people don't want to hire you. You know, like, you're telling somebody what they can't do and why they are effectively damned, like they cannot succeed. Most people I know who live in a wheelchair would say, excuse me, I don't want to hear one more word of that satanic negative garbage that you just spewed at me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I will do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will do what he calls me to do. He will enable me to do it, and I don't want to hear your worldly Marxist garbage. Uh, you look at me as somebody who is in a wheelchair. Why don't you just look at me as a person? And we've all got stuff. We've all got our wheelchair issues. Every single person has stuff they're dealing with, whether it was, you know, you might, you might look great and everything looks great, and you might have the most horrific background. You know, you may have been sexually abused by your parents. I mean, we do not know what people are walking with. So to reduce somebody to the color of their skin, I think, I know black people who have had the most privileged, wonderful backgrounds, the most loving parents, and I know white people who I don't even want to begin to tell you the horrors they've been through. So we don't know what somebody has gone through. And to say, yeah, 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 but we have to talk about this. I would say we don't have to talk about it. We could talk about it. There's things we can say, but the obsession with race is so un-American and so un-Christian that it's just, it's extraordinary to me. And, and I want to say that people who talk, this is really the bottom line, people who are talking about critical race theory and a lot of this victim ideology, you are harming people of color. So if you actually care about them, you would never be selling this idea. This idea is harmful to them. It is a curse. It is corrosive. And it is telling them they can't do this, they'll never do this, whatever. And it's making white people in the position of being able to save you or whatever. I mean, I think any self-respecting person would say, like, I'm my own person and I'll be fine, thank you, I'll figure it out. When my dad came to America in the 50s, uh, he came from Greece, he had a Greek accent. He remembers people looking down their nose at him, like, what are you, some foreigner, some swarthy-skinned Foreigner, why don't you learn to speak our language? Why don't you go back where you came from? Well, what did he do? Uh, did he become a victim and go into a fetal position and call a lawyer? No. He, he said, I am privileged to be in the greatest country in the world. I'm not going to be defined by some bigot. I don't care. There are plenty of people that are not like that bigot. Uh, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to keep my head down, work hard, and I'm going to build a better life, and I'm going to have sons that are going to go to college, and I'm going to buy a house, and I'm going to be able to live in the greatest country in the world. He didn't get defined by that, because that was a generation that didn't. But the more you move in from the 60s into our own day, mm -hmm. the more people have bought into this. This is straight-up Marxism, and we have to be really clear. Marxism is atheism. These ideas are fundamentally godless ideas. In fact, they're not just godless. They're anti-God. Yeah. They're anti-biblical. And we should run from these ideas. I don't think we should engage yeah. with critical race theory. I think because there's certain times when you engage with certain things, 
it's almost like saying like, well, I uh, alcohol ran in my family, destroyed my parents, destroyed my, but you know, I'm a Christian. I'm gonna go into that bar and I'll maybe I'll just have one drink and maybe I'll I'll preach to somebody and you know maybe I, no, I, I would not I would not risk that. I would not risk that. There's certain times you need to run away, and when you engage with something like critical race theory, this kind of stuff. Is, is very, very dangerous. The ideas are dangerous, and I would simply say, run from it. The same thing with social justice. All these ideas that, oh yeah, the government is gonna straighten out all these inequalities. Folks, it, the government creates inequality. The government never straightens out these inequalities. There are very few things that the government can do, and they should do certain things. But all of this stuff, um, is, is not going to be solved by the government and the kind of rush that we're feeling, everybody has to go in this direction, everybody has to, no we don't. I simply wanna say, when somebody tells you that you, know, you need to have a medical procedure, when somebody tells you you need to do this, you, need, you can't say this, you can't say that, as soon as you feel that, know that that is antithetical to your freedom as an American and beware uh, of being told how to think and what to do, and we've got it all figured out. There's this new thing now, and you need to know about this. No, you don't. <laughs> you do not. And in fact, it's better if you don't. I mean, mm -hmm. anybody who loves Jesus uh, knows that racism is grotesque. What, do I need critical race theory to tell me? that? I mean, I've written books about this. Like, we know that that's bad. And I would say that we also know that these new ways of dealing with it are bad. They are fundamentally uh, racist, ultimately racist, ultimately looking through a lens that's not God's lens. And I mean, I get the heart of people. There are people that, you know, they have certain feelings and they think this is the way to go. And I understand feelings can be powerful, but I can just say flat out, this is not the way to go. This is not God's plan. Uh, and it's, it's really infecting the churches horribly. And it breaks my heart to see yeah. friends go in this direction, but I, I, I have to say what I know. Yeah. And we know just from the Christian perspective that this racism is ridiculous. Uh, we are in very diverse churches with brothers and sisters of all colors of skin. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's unbelievable. It, it doesn't surprise me that the Marxist socialist movement in America yeah has traction yeah. uh, because of academia that's prepared oh, uh, a, whole, a, yeah. a, a whole generation. Yeah, but what is shocking is people that actually know Jesus and know the scriptures would think that there is a systemic racism issue. And it, it's critical race theory is the singular most racist yeah. experience because it divides everybody. It's really racism on steroids. And just like this book, uh, The Prayer of a, a Weary Black Rhythm, or, excuse me, go back to that just for a moment. Just, it's a rhythm of prayer, a collection of meditations for renewal. And this prayer that's in there, the next slide. Dear God, please help me to hate white people, or at least to want to hate them. At least I want to stop caring about them individually and collectively. I want to stop caring about their misguided racist souls, to stop believing that they can be better, that they can stop being racist. I am not talking about, which is funny and uh, as if a counterbalance, yeah. I'm not talking about the white anti-racist allies who have taken up this struggle against racism with their whole lives. But the whole, whole doctrine of uh, systemic racism is that every 
a white person yeah. is racist yeah. in their subconscious. So if it's in the subconscious, I don't even know that I'm well, racist. <laughs> I, I just want to say, really, sometimes you have to cut to the chase. Yeah. That's the voice of the devil. Yeah. That's not the voice of misguided person. That's the vo- somebody yeah. giving the devil a platform yeah. in their heart. Of hate. When you say, help me to hate white people, the devil, Satan, is the enemy of Jesus. He's the enemy of those whom God loves. Yeah. And he is the one who calls us to hate. The God of the Bible calls us to love our enemies. In other words, even if somebody is racist, yeah. we're and to commanded bless them. <laughs> to love them, to pray for them, mm-hmm. because they are messed up and racist. So yeah. the idea that we're supposed to hate, so I, I don't know if these meditations are pretty, dear God, it's really dear Satan, help me I to agree. do what you do so well and to hate. And I just want to say that, look, look, spirituality is a complicated thing. People kind of act like, well, it's all sort of blurry. and ve- there's, there's God and there's a devil. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very careful when we wade into these kinds of waters. You're giving a platform, an open door. Yeah. It's horrifying to say to Satan. It's demonic. He wants a, uh, he wants a handhold. He wants to get into your life. Mm-hmm. And when you say it's okay to hate anybody, Anybody. I say this to anybody. If, if you if you want to hate uh, Obama, you want to hate Trump, you, ladies and gentlemen, you might hate their policies, but never hate a person. God commands us to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. If we're supposed to love our enemies, we're supposed to love our ideological enemies, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 the idea that we're now giving ourselves in the in the in the interest of some kind of justice, we're giving ourselves permission to hate. And I noticed this with the rise of Trump, people who suddenly were giving themselves permission to hate him and his followers, and I thought, this is weird. So you're not just hating his policies, you're hating him, you're hating his followers, you're demonizing them. The moment someone does that, you know, eh, out, no, you can, you're not allowed to do that. Now, look, people on both sides of the political spectrum do it, but if you're some kind of Christian, you better not indulge yourself in that. It is dark, nasty stuff. It's 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 unhealthy. It will lead you to hell. It will lead you uh, away from God's purposes for your life. And look, I remember because uh, you know in my book, Fish Out of Water, I remember when I was at Yale and I was leaning in the woke direction. I was drinking this Kool Aid, and I remember that feeling because I mean I was I remember this. This is the early '80s. I remember. Um, getting this idea that like rich people are bad, bankers, corporations are bad, <laughs> and they have the power, and you have permission to hate their guts. And I remember the feeling of like, mm-hmm. it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, because my, my father's from Greece, I can kind of get that immigrant thing, and I can feel that, and I'm working class, and I hate the rich, and I hate, you know, George Bush Sr., you know, uh, he was president. Uh, in, he was vice president when I was uh, in college. I remember thinking, yeah, he went to Yale and he was privileged, and he was. And I remember that it felt so good to hate. Mm-hmm. And I look back on it now, and I think some of the most wonderful people I've ever met have been wealthy people. Uh, now there are horrible wealthy people we know, but the idea that you can hate somebody because the color of their skin, because the background that they have, this is. I remember being given permission, 
and giving myself permission back then to hate. So I know it feels good. It mm. feels so good. Yeah. It's intoxicating to think I'm morally superior to those scum. Mm -hmm. And then you think, well, yeah, that's nice, but that's antithetical to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So Amen. you're stuck. doesn't matter where you are politically. You're yeah. stuck. You, cannot, you do not have permission to hate. That's what we're talking about right now. It won't produce anything that's... You know, love, joy, and peace, or faith, hope, and love. No, nothing it's, that's beautiful. It won't produce. It'll be death. I mean, actually, it's, it's yeah. uh, you know, you, you're going to talk to me about the uncontrolled immigration, yeah. and that's the same thing where basically people who are for open borders immediately say, if you're not for open borders, and you're open racist. borders is just lunacy, yeah. but they say, if you're not for open borders, it is because you hate brown people they look different <laughs> from you they threaten you that is absolute lunacy yeah. but people are convinced of it yes. and people have said that to me i thought okay i wrote a book about a man who because of faith in jesus defeated the slave trade in the british empire mm -hmm. so like where do you get the idea that i might be racist or that i might hate brown people like mm -hmm. do you not understand that being a christian means loving people not looking at the color of their skin whatever yeah. But people say, no, 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 if you're against these policies, you are racist, you hate brown people. And I think that's almost funny to me that you've got to come up with this crazy idea. Like, that's just insane. If you draw the racial card, it's like the free pass for everything. Just, you know, it's racism, it's racism. And I've been to 17 different countries yeah. doing mission trips with different colors of skin and different yeah. languages, different cultures. Because I want to genuinely love these people and share the love of Jesus who changed my life and I want to see their life changed. Yeah. And yet, simply because I'm white, I'm now racist. Yeah, that's the yeah. inconvenient truth. They're like, yeah. well, we don't, I don't care that you wrote these books against racism. Doesn't matter. You're racist because you support it. I don't care that you have loved people who look different from you. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to know that. I just want to give you this idea and I want to say that President Trump is threatened by an America that is increasingly you know, brown and black. I mean, folks... That is insane. You know what it is, though? It's a fantasy. It's a liberal leftist fantasy. It is. They actually, I know that they actually believe they this. They do believe but it. But I want to say, if you look at the facts, you will find that's ridiculous. Now, you can cherry pick. You can find some maniac, racist jerk. I mean, but on balance, mm -hmm. the, everyone I know, even not just even Christians, but if you're a serious Christian for sure, you, you're not racist. But if you love America mm -hmm. and the, it's a melting it, pot of it, I mean, every it's, diversity it's, 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 and, and again look we, we have Clarence Thomas you know is hated by the left this this happens over and over and over again so people aren't dealing with the facts they kind of grab onto this really emotional narrative and you know when we talk about the immigration thing people will like quote one or two they'll quote a few scriptures about we're supposed to love the alien I think yeah what does that have to do with open borders I mean mm -hmm. loving the alien uh, if you look at the context of Scripture, if you look at, I mean, it's so much more complicated. So yes, we're supposed to love people, but that doesn't mean, we're supposed to love prisoners, right? Okay, that doesn't mean that I let violent prisoners out into the streets. I have to believe that, 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 that people have to be kept safe from uh, violent people, but it doesn't mean that I can't love the person. I mean, John Paul II went and prayed with the man who tried to kill him. That's showing him the love of God. He forgave him. But he didn't say, like, you need to let this guy out. Right. Because the guy broke laws, and so he's, he's in prison. But people don't seem to understand the difference between kind of personal stuff and policy stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. if I'm, I'm called yeah. to love the murderer, yeah. 
but I'm not called to love murder, and I'm not called to say to the murderer, don't go to jail, like murder some more or whatever. Clearly, we have to be responsible as adults to protect people and to, to think about this stuff. So when you open borders, you're just, I mean, there's so many reasons, so many people have made the argument, but again, people, evangelicals who make the argument, are intellectually incredibly sloppy. I mean, just I'm astounded at the sloppiness of, yes. of their argument. It's kind of like saying, you need to open your door to strangers. It's like, really? You, yeah. you don't get to tell me that. It's my house, and you don't know what I'm dealing with, and how much money I have, and how much food I have. Or what my neighborhood's on. like. And, and you, you don't yeah. really have the right yeah. to do that, but we're, people are doing that with the country, which is our house. I mean, it's yeah. kind of a basic thing. And everybody that's reasonable and rational, we have immigration laws. And I'm all for people from every nation, every color of skin, any language that goes through. We have an immigration process. Yeah. And it's, but we are now becoming a lawless people. So laws and policies are not yeah. being enforced. So that's, you're a xenophobe. It, right. If you are for laws, just open your borders. And it has no luck. And this is the most troubling thing to me because, like you said, these people are either really trying to destroy the nation or they believe this stuff. And I was thinking about 2 Thessalonians where the Lord said when they rejected the love of the truth, he gave them strong delusion to believe the lie. When I hear people talking in this way, I'm like, they really believe. Well, no, I have to say it does seem, look, we should have said this earlier on, this is a spiritual battle. It is. There's no it's, doubt about it. It's yeah, not just it's a demonic. political battle. No. It's a spiritual battle because there are people they do seem to be under a delusion. There's no rational yeah. explanation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not their IQ. It's not their what. What could, what could it be that allows them to believe something preposterous, like that I'm a racist? I mean, if I'm a racist, we're in really good shape in this country <laughs> because, you know, like it's just amazing. People, these terms are thrown around so sloppily, and you devalue the term. I mean, people who've experienced like actual horrible racism. <sighs> You know, that's you're, you're, you know, it's like calling everything rape or murder. I mean, these terms are, are, are really powerful terms. And so I really do think that those of us, I mean, I say this all the time, we need to know that, you know, no, no, we're not crazy. Thinking what we think and seeing that the world is going crazy, uh, we're not alone. Yeah. Where there are many people, in fact, you know, there's many millions and millions and millions of Americans, most Americans, see exactly what we see. The logic. Don't be fooled by the media. Mm. Don't be fooled. In fact, I say to people like, stop watching media. I don't care what the channel is or what the network is. It is all divisive, negative, focusing on the, the all this crazy, what just happened five minutes ago, everybody's got to have an opinion. No, we don't. We've got to feed our souls. If you're a Christian, you need to feed your soul with the word of God. Mm -hmm. You need to feed your soul with the truth. Amen. Beware of taking in this steady diet of news which is disturbing and disturbing. We're supposed to look at God. Mm -hmm. we're, supposed to, we're supposed to pray against this lunacy. Uh, and many of us have kind of gotten sucked into this, you know. Yeah. Uh, we really need to fast from this kind of stuff. And there are many people I know, Christians, who are just, uh, they're, they're feeding their soul poison by taking in all this yeah. stuff. And they feel like, I've got to take it in. No. You don't. Mm -hmm. You do not. Yeah. So meditate on what's good, pure, lovely, praiseworthy. 
of a good report and the things that Paul shares with us. Let's change the subject and just mention a couple of things. We talked yeah. about, we, we put those things together, social justice and uncontrolled borders and um, the financial devastation that's coming with oh. infrastructure. I, I've just discovered if there's a, there's a question right now in the administration or the, cult, the cultural Marxism that's going on, it's racist, <laughs> it's climate change, and it's infrastructure. That's the answer for yeah. all three things. Right, right. Uh, so just print money, infrastructure, well, look, uh, financial I, I devastation. Right now, this is clear what's happening. Yeah. The Democrats, uh, you know, can control the political situation, and they—I mean, I would just say this straight up: they, the more money they can spend, the more money they will spend. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the more they bankrupt the country the more dependent on government everyone will be. Mm -hmm. If we are self-sufficient and financially healthy, uh, everybody has freedom, but the more we go into debt, the more taxes we pay, th they are really spending us into big government dependency. And this has happened before in other places, and it leads to everybody effectively being poor. Yes. Everyone will have less money, everyone, in other words, People who have money who can bless the poor and who can do things and create jobs won't be able to do those things. So the policies that the, the leftists are putting in place right now, spending money that we literally don't have, this is, I mean, anybody who thinks like, well, they're getting it from someplace and, you know, it's not my money. Yeah, it is our money. Mm -hmm. They really don't have the right to do this, but they're doing it. They're getting away with it. Mm -hmm. It's destroying the future of our kids and our grandkids. That's right. That is a fact. That is that a is, fact. There's no opinion. That is what is happening. Trillions and they trillions. They are destroying yeah. our future, mm -hmm. uh, and it is it is horrifying to watch. It is horrifying. And it's also astounding to think that uh, the, the people in power right now could be this leftist Marxist. In other words, that, that they could be so out of touch with what the American people want or what is good for them, yeah. that they would be trying effectively to destroy the country. It, they're remaking it so fundamentally that they're wiping away the America that was and creating a socialist big government state that we have never been, no, never. nothing like this. Never. And it's going to cripple us financially. It's going to make it impossible for us to dig out of the hole. I mean, I, this is why I said to people uh, in the last couple of elections, like, if, if you, you don't need to like Trump. But if you let either of these other characters get in the White House, it will destroy America. So you can yes. hate Trump, but just be, be aware that if these other folks get in, what they're going to do is going to destroy the country yes. you care about. Yep. That's just, just what's going to happen. It's a fact. And it is happening now like crazy. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, here we are. Here we are. The, the good news from a Christian perspective is Christianity thrives under socialism, communism, uh, in, any version. Well, that's the the only you go good news underground is, is that God is God. God so <laughs> we are we are to pray and to lean on Him no matter what. Yeah. Um, I also would say that God can deliver us from this. Yes. I, I don't know yeah. whether He will mm -hmm. or how He will, mm -hmm. but I know that the God who parted the Red Sea is no different than He was 35 centuries ago when He parted the Red Sea. Yes. He can do things. And we need to lean on him in prayer. We need to ask him to act on our behalf and on, on behalf yeah. of... Look, if you care about people around the world, you need mm -hmm. to care about America. If That's America right. goes down as we're doing like crazy right now, we're going down fast, yeah. 
people around the world will suffer. People in North Korea will suffer. People in China will suffer. A strong America gives us the ability to reach out, to use our economic power to influence the Chinese communists who are torturing their own people. If we are weakened, we don't have that influence. And so if you care about people around the world, you have to care about America. And yeah. so please pray for America, please. That's right. And America has been that city on the hill for the whole nation. And that's real. And it is real. Yeah. And you just look at it historically. And socialism hasn't been good for any nation. That's historical. And but I guess you got to re, uh, have historical uh, revisionism, yeah. so that that's not um, put out there. But right. and I've shared with people. They've asked me, Pastor Rick, how come you you are being so vocal and engaging so much in the. Yeah political arena, yeah. I was like, I'm engaging in culture yeah. because I care about my kids, my grandkids, right. and I really, I love the America I grew up in, and they're not going to enjoy that no. because they're not going to see it. Right. So as long as we're not in underground churches yet, so yeah. as long as we're above ground, we should fight see, with the spiritual weapons okay. we have, God's word, truth, right. prayer, and be as scrappy as we can be yeah. in a, in a, uh, and engaging the you know that's, the, that's the culture, the, and that's where I have differed with some friends. Where I say, look, don't 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 write us off and say, okay, we're going to go to the caves now and we're going to be persecuted. No. Wait a second. No, we have freedom. Yes. we have our voices. We have the ability to pray. We have the ability to preach the gospel on the street. Mm -hmm. We have all kinds of freedom. We have all kinds of resources and weapons to use. Yes. we have money. Yes. that uh, influences corporations, that if you spend your money with this corporation or this corporation, we need to fight till the last drop of blood for our nation. I agree. And yeah. if we don't do that, we're part of the problem. And I really think to myself, I'd rather go down in the fight Me also. than just say like, well, yeah. I think we're going to lose, so I'm going to pack it in now. Let's go fishing. That's cowardice. <laughs> that is cowardice. You yeah. fight till the end. Why? Because it's the fight for the right thing. To fight for liberty, yeah. uh, to fight for uh, economic freedom, to fight for uh, mm -hmm. religious freedom, to fight for these things, this is God's fight. He, yeah. he calls us to the battle, yeah. and if you care about strangers, you've got to fight for those things. Just, people don't get that. Some people don't get that. No, but, they don't. I mean, it's, yeah. that's the situation. They just want us to go over in the corner and be quiet and sing Kumbaya. Well, yeah, be, and, be religious. Go into yeah, the religious yeah. corner and don't come out. But we see all the way through the Bible, the, the people that were at the city gate. I mean, they were engaged in the city gate, and that's where everything happened. Yeah. And so that's what we want to do. And I want to thank you, Eric, for really being um, out there as one of those uh, real heroes for liberty in this season of life. Because there are so many people that are, are folding, and you are using your voice, you're using your pen. And the pen is mightier than the sword if uh, the the news can get out there. So we just got to keep fighting the good fight. And we're fighting we better. from our Christian roots. We have liberty in Jesus, this freedom from sin and death that he's given us. But we have this incredible document, the this constitutional republic, that we have our constitution and the First Amendment to worship the Lord right. according to the dictates of our own heart and the law, the government shall make no law to uh, persuade us otherwise. And as long as we have a, a firm grip on the Lord and we're praying and we're studying the scriptures and we're strong spiritually, I believe we can be the best citizens yes. as long as the Constitution exists. I know that 
the the leftists are saying, oh, you know, the Constitution's not literal, or it's oh. not, it's not. Uh, they want to change it. Don't even listen to that. Don't yeah. even don't even yeah. let it in your ears. Like it's no. so bad. It's so bad. But it's it's kept us going for two hundred and forty five years, listen, right, folks? I actually I I didn't mention this. I don't. Maybe I mentioned it in the yeah. first show, but. I wrote a book called If You Can Keep It, which to yes. me is the primer. It is the handbook for what we're talking about. That's right. How do faith, virtue, and freedom link up historically? Yes. I did not understand this until I wrote the book. I honestly realized I didn't get this in school. Is this built on Abraham Lincoln's, uh, you know, Madam, we've given you a republic if you can that, keep no, it. No, that was Benjamin Franklin. Uh, or, excuse but, yeah, me, no, Franklin, yeah, yeah. Franklin, yes. Yeah. Franklin was leaving the Constitutional Convention, right. and they kind of wondered, what have you been doing in there in 1787 yeah. in the summer here? Yeah. And what kind of a government do we have? Yes. What's it going to be? Are we able to pull off self-government? Is this going to be possible for us to be free? <laughs> They'd never done, nobody had ever done it before. Yeah. And so Mrs. Powell, who knew Franklin, asked him, what have you given us, Dr. Franklin, a monarchy or a republic? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people thought they're gonna go in there and they're gonna kind of break it down and they're gonna say, you know what? We can't really do it. We're still gonna have to have some kind of a soft monarchy and whatever, you know. George Washington, let's crown him. Yes, yeah. George Washington yeah. be king, he'll yeah. be a good king and yeah. we'll, we'll have some kind of checks and balances. And so she said, what are you giving us, a monarchy or a republic? And he says, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. Mm -hmm. So the title of my book is If You Can Keep It, because mm -hmm. it's if you can keep it, you and I, we are charged with keeping the republic, with keeping the freedom. If we don't do that, if yes. we don't fight, uh, and again, in, in the book, If You Can Keep Ooh, It, I yeah. talk about yeah. how this works. Yeah. But if we don't get it, mm -hmm. if we don't understand how it works, which I didn't until I wrote the book, mm -hmm. how can we possibly live it out? How can we even know what to do? So in the book, I kind of break it down because... Once I understood it, I, I just like I went crazy. I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to tell the world. <laughs> yeah. I've got to get this book yeah. in every hands. Okay. Yeah. And and I'll tell you who understood this better than anybody. Uh, Lincoln understood yes. this better he owned than it. anybody of the specialness of what this country is mm -hmm. and how God wants to use it for his purposes for those who are not in this country. It, it, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist to be a shining city on a hill so That's that the right. whole world could be influenced to be as we are, to be free, free. And to, to fight for freedom and to help yes. others get free. So it's really beautiful. The concept is beautiful. And when I wrote it in the book, If You Can Keep It, I just thought, this is, I didn't get this in school. We're not getting this from TV. We're not getting this. So so this is actually important stuff. And it's interesting because, you know, we're right, uh, we're about to lose the republic. Mm -hmm. But as you were saying, and as I mm -hmm. believe, we need to fight with everything we have, and with God's help, yes, we really can do anything. Yeah. So as we fight, let's remember: without God, we cannot succeed. But That's with right. God, we can succeed. Amen. Jesus said, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." And we've proven that in our own lives, right? Amen. When we try to do whatever we're going to do, He said, "But as you abide in me, we'll bear much fruit, and it'll bring the Father glory." So I believe that godliness and resisting tyranny is a biblical mandate. Yes. I, I really believe that, yes. and we have the opportunity. Now, if I was born in communist China, I'd be in a house church like everybody else because that's the culture I was born into, yeah. and I'd be loving Jesus yeah. if, if I had that privilege of knowing the Lord. And But we're Americans, and the government is for the people, by the people. And so we have a voice as citizens here until we don't any longer. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
Thanks, Eric. This Thanks, is going to be a great time. Thanks, Thanks for hanging out with Eric and I and being a fly on the wall as we just had a lot of fun. We're going to have a great weekend this weekend. It's the Metaxas weekend. <laughs> uh, fish out of water. Here he is. Fish out of water. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, him sharing his story in this book. So pick it up. Can go to anywhere, right? You're not banned from anyone. I don't think so. <laughs> EricMetaxas.com will, will lead you to, to everything. So I always tell go. people go to go to that. Yeah. And we mentioned a lot of different books through these series of interviews. Uh, Bonhoeffer, great. Um, Martin Luther, Miracles. Um, we just if you can keep if it. You can keep if it, you yeah. can keep it, uh, just tune in to a great voice and a great American. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you. you. Thank you. See you later. Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.